Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out... Uh, our series we're doing on the amazing world of radio. We're playing through all of the episodes available of Top Secret, starring Ilona Massey. Uh, it is a great espionage adventure. I think you'll enjoy it. Just check it out at amazing.greatdetectives.net. And if you go back through our feed, uh, you can enjoy all of the past series we've done, including our uh, Jack Webb Centennial series, our our Kirk Douglas celebration, as well as uh, summer uh, programs dedicated to Angela Lansbury and Humphrey Bogart. Check it all out at amazing.greatdetectives.net. Also check out our World War II podcast, The War, thewar.greatdetectives.net, and the video version of this podcast over at videotheater.greatdetectives.net. Well, now we're going to return to Defense Attorney with a previously uncirculated episode of that series. Uh, we played this right before we got into the adventures of uh, Philip Marlowe. Uh, so that was, I think, probably four or five years ago, and there were uh, three available episodes of Defense Attorney. In addition, the series began as a pilot with NBC uh, called The Defense Rest. So we had access to those four weeks of programs featuring uh, Sadie's McCambridge as defense attorney Martha Ellis Bryant. This episode aired about three months after the last episode we had played previously. I will warn you in advance that the audio quality has a couple of hiccups, though it's not bad for the most part throughout. So, uh, with that said, let's go ahead and take a listen. The original air date is July the 17th, 1952, and the title is The Basketball Fix. And now transcribed. Ladies and gentlemen, to depend upon your judgment and to fulfill my own obligation... I submit the facts, fully aware of my responsibility to my client and to you as defense attorney. And now we proudly present Miss Mercedes McCambridge as defense attorney. When Martha Ellis Bryant chose law as a career, she accepted the challenge of defending the defenseless. Jeff Savage was one of the defenseless, but he didn't look defenseless on the basketball court of the municipal auditorium. Look at that, 40 seconds to play and the star probably is freezing the ball. It doesn't seem very sporty. Oh, it's part of the game, Marty. They got a one-point lead. They just don't want Eastern U to get another crack at the basket. Thought Eastern U figured to win this game by 20 points. Looks like the gamblers figured different. They... Hey, there goes Jeff Savage. He got the ball away from him. Yeah, but he can't pass. He's smothered. Shoot it long, Savage. Shoot it. Yow! <laughs> Woo! He made it. It's in. 
Yeah. Hey, just in time, too. There's the final gun. Eastern 67, Star Poly 66. Come on, let's beat the crowd. Hey, that was pretty exciting, huh? I'm sorry I had to miss the first half. I got stuck at the office. I'd have waited for you, honey, but I was assigned to cover the game. I'd have been fired if I showed up in that press box after the opening whistle. Oh, I got here all right. I'm a big girl now. Hey, wh- where are we running? Phone booth's at the end of the corridor. I can phone in my story, catch the Boldegard edition. Then I'll take you to Lou Fong's and give you a chopstick lesson. You just want me to get fat and bulgy so nobody else will want to marry me. <laughs> I plead guilty, counselor. Ah, here's Fong. Uh-huh. Only take a minute. Hey, look, Judd, I've got my car here, too. Why don't I go ahead and I'll wait for you at Lou Fong's? That's a good idea. Uh, but before you go, I need something. Oh, Judd, I can't kiss you here. Other people. Who said anything about a kiss? I need a nickel for the phone. You can. You can use a quarter. <laughs> I never want to see you hey, again. Hey, Marty, Marty, have a heart. I haven't any change. You won't have any salary left either when I get through eating. I'll see you at Lou Fong's. Big heel. Your car's over this way, Miss Bryant. Oh, thanks. I got here late and I got in without a ticket. Who are you? How do you know where my car is? We can talk about that when we get out of here. No, look, you Don't can't... look back at the crowd unless you want to get hurt. I'm not playing. All right, climb in and get it moving. You're such a gentleman. How can I refuse? First. Right there on the seat. Take what you want and get out. I'm not taking, I'm giving. $2,000. You can count it later. I don't know who you are or what your game is, but I don't think I want your little present. It isn't a present. You'll work for it. My name's Lawton. Frank Lawton. I want you to remember that. I'm not likely to forget. Don't forget the two grand either. I'm depending on that money to keep a kid out of the electric chair. A kid who's going to be framed for a murder he didn't commit. A murder you committed, perhaps? That's funny, Miss Bryant. Real funny. Before long, you'll know just how funny. Would you like to tell me who my client is? A few minutes ago, you were watching him play. Jeff Savage. Jeff Savage? That's right, Miss Bryant. Jeff Savage. Now, this is a quiet street. You can pull over to the curb now and let me out. Save Jeff Savage, Miss Bryant. Nobody knows I gave you that money, but you've got a reputation for being honest. I hear that some people still are. Goodbye. Oh, just a moment, Mr. Lawton. How do I know Jeff Savage is really innocent? How do I know that he didn't send you to me? You don't know, but you will by tomorrow morning when he's arrested, because he'll be charged with murdering me. Good night, Miss Bryant. So that's why I was late, Judd. I went right to the police. Lieutenant Levis said they'd try to pick Savage up right away, and the Lawton fellow, whoever he is, if they can find him. If you ask me, Marty, the whole thing sounds like a joke. A a bad joke. Oh, I don't know, Judd. If Lawton was going to be murdered, why did he go to you? Why didn't he go to the police for protection? Yeah, I asked myself the same question. Well, did you get an answer? Well, one that mightn't make sense. It was Lawton, Judd. He seemed to me like a man who was... Tired of something, terribly tired. Like a man who didn't want protection. I know that doesn't sound logical. No, no, Marty, it doesn't. Well, just the same, I got that impression. Judd, why were you at that game tonight? I mean, why were you sent to cover it? 
You're not in the sports department? Well, the city desk had an anonymous tip about the game being fixed. Eastern U was even money to win by 20 points. They won by only one point. A lot of suckers dropped their paychecks on that one. That game must have something to do with it. Something to do with what? A murder that hasn't even happened and probably won't happen? Ted, look by the door. Lieutenant Levis, he just came in. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's looking for us. Ed, Ed, over here. Yeah. I was hoping you'd still be here. And I've been hoping you'd come by. You find those two guys? Uh, We think so, Judd. Savage is being questioned right now at the Midtown Precinct. How about Lawton? We'll be sure when you identify him, Miss Bryant. Why? Won't he admit who he is? He can't admit anything, Judd. He's on a slab at the county morgue. Who? You established the time of the murder? Yeah, yeah. And you ought to hear Savage's alibi. Says he was supposed to meet Lawton tonight out at Lawton's house in Anna Heights. Says he waited there till 1 a.m., but Lawton never showed up. Says Mrs. Lawton was there. I can verify it. All right, I'll call her right away. I already called her. She said she never saw or heard of Savage before in her life. Oh, that looks bad, Marty. Uh. Lawton was killed in the slum district. Tenement row. Stabbed. We found a murder knife tossing some rubbish in an alley. About ten feet from where he was killed. Savage said he'd never seen it before. But you don't believe him. Would you believe him, Miss Bryant? His initials are carved on the handle of the knife. <laughs> Getting light out, Mr. Savage. I know. Listen, you're not a schoolboy. You're a GI student, 26 years old. Why won't you talk? I told you all you have to know, and I told you the truth. All you told me is that you knew Lawton, that you went to his house to meet him, but that he never showed up. And Mrs. Lawton says that isn't true. That Mrs. Lawton is lying. I was there from 11 o'clock after the game until 1 this morning. All right. Well, tell me one thing. Why did you have an appointment with Lawton? It was personal. Are you going to let me help you or not? I know that you're innocent because Lawton paid me to defend you. And a man does not protect his own murderer. If you know that, why do I have to tell you anything else? Because a jury will have to know everything. Your meeting with Lawton had something to do with that game last night, didn't it? Oh, you're not hiding anything by being quiet, Jeff. The newspapers got a tip that the game was fixed. You should have won by 20 points, not one point. Who was in on that fix? I don't know. It's hard to tell. But you were playing. You know your teammates. Miss Bryant, look. Any player can be off form. For four years now, I've lived and studied and, and played with the men on that squad. You want me to say that one of them is a thief and a cheat when I don't know? All right, Jeff. Let's stick to Lawton. How long have you known him? I met him uh, about two months ago when the season started. Was it a practice session one day the coach introduced him? You mean he was a friend of Eastern News coach? You don't know much about basketball, do you, Miss Bryant? No, not a great deal. You ought to read the record books. Frank Lawton was the captain of Eastern News' first team 20 years ago. He's the kind of player you dream about being. I see. Go on, Jeff. Well, after that practice session, he made some crack about how good players were making a lot of money by missing a few baskets. And what did you say? Well, anybody else has said that, I'd have hit him, I guess. But coming from Frank Lawton, I thought it was a joke. Did you tell him that? Yeah. What did he say? He just laughed. And we started to talk about other things. I I didn't think any more of it until about 
Oh, two weeks after that, we were upstate playing Avalon. Mm-hmm. We were picked to win by ten points. They won the game by one point. Lawton was at the game. It didn't mean anything at the time, but it kept happening. Every time our margin was uh, lower than it figured to be. Lawton was there. Did you ever talk to him about it? Yeah, after the game with State. I found out where he lived and went there. He was alone. So you want to know who I'm paying off, huh? Joe College with the old school tie. You better tell me, Lawton. Get wise, kid. Stop being a hero. It's easy, Doe. Get some for yourself. You drunken no good. Come on. Come on, get up. My mouth. You, you cut my mouth. Talk, Lawton. No, don't hit me again. I, I'm older than you are. I'm not in condition. See, you're what's left of Frank Lawton, the great player. The man who never quit. Look at you. You're not a man, not anymore. You're a snake, a chiseler. Nothing will make you fight, will it? Get out of here. Tell me who you're paying. I... I can't tell you anything. Get out of here. Get out and leave me alone. Sure. I'll leave you alone. You'll be alone all the rest of your life, even in crowds. Because no decent person would touch you with a forked stick. That was all. That was the last time I saw him. You said you were supposed to meet him last night. I got a phone message from him yesterday. A message to come to his house after the game and he'd tell me what I wanted to know. You didn't speak to him yourself? No. Hmm. Is that all that you have to tell me? There aren't. You know as much as I do. Jeff, when you knew that those games were being fixed, why didn't you go to the police? Without knowing who was to blame? You don't disgrace all the men you play with because of one. I wanted to find out who it was. Lieutenant Liebus has a knife, Jeff. It was the one that was used to kill Lawton. Your initials are on that knife. I don't ever remember seeing it before. All right, Jim. You certainly haven't given me very much to go on. But I'll see what I can do. Here's the knife, Miss Bryan. It hasn't been through the lab yet, so please don't touch it. Wooden handle. Not liable to find any fingerprints on that. No, no, but... Those initials, J.S., under the circumstances, they point to Jeff Savage. All too clearly. Yeah, all too clearly. Look. Look at those initials, Lieutenant. The knife seems pretty old, but those initials were carved just recently. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Do you think a man would own a knife for a couple of years, maybe, and then carve his initials in it just before he used it to kill somebody? Eh, homicide's a crazy business. Maybe the lab can tell us more. Whatever they turn up, I'll let you know. Come in. Lieutenant Liebes? Yeah, I'm Liebes. My name is Dan Gilbert, sir. I'd like to see Jeff Savage. Gilbert, you're one of Savage's teammates, aren't you? Uh, well, yes, sir. Yes, we saw you play last night. I'm Martha Ellis Bryan. Oh, are you here to help Jeff? Yes. I'd like to see him. Uh, sorry, that won't be possible, Gilbert. No visitors till he's transferred to county jail. Oh, well, could you at least tell him that I came, tell him that... You know, I'm behind him, whatever I can do. You sound like you're pretty good friends. 
four years together at the dormitory and on the team. Did Jeff ever talk to you about Eastern's games being fixed by Lawton? No. I, I thought Jeff and Lawton were friends. Oh, I guess I never should have given him that phone message from Lawton yesterday. You mean when Lawton called to ask Jeff to come to his house? His house? No, he's the... Is that what Jeff said? Gilbert, maybe we can give you a lift, huh? We'll talk on the way. Justin. Now, look, Ed. Sorry, Judd. You want to talk to Gilbert? Talk right here. Well, how about it, boy? Where were they supposed to meet? Well, if Jeff said... Do you want to be an accessory in this? He's right, Gilbert. You better tell the truth. He said for Jeff to meet him at 6th and Halbert, down on Tenement Row. Come on, Judd. In just a moment, we'll continue with tonight's defense attorney's story. Never again need you wonder about your breath. For now, thanks to the new Clorette's Candy Mints, everyone who breathes can have kissing sweet breath. For the new Clorette's Candy Mints are rich in chlorophyll, that magical green purifier. Yet Clorette's Candy Mints are so refreshing, so minty, so all-out tasty, you'll eat them with delight. The big difference between Clorette's and regular mint candies is Clorette's are rich in chlorophyll. It's amazing how fast Clorette's Candy Mints make your breath kissing sweet, even after onions, garlicky salads, heavy smoking, or a telltale beverage. Now you can enjoy Clorette's Candy Mints, as well as delicious Clorette's Chewing Gum. Both contain chlorophyll. Both make your breath kissing sweet. Clorette's Chewing Gum or Clorette's Candy Mints. C-L-O-R-E-T-S. Clorette's. Only 15 cents everywhere. And now we continue with Act Two of tonight's Defense Attorney Story. Marty, you've been up all night, and this is no time to be seeing Mrs. Lawton anyhow. I've got to see her, Judd. How do you think she's going to feel? Her husband murdered, the paper showing him up as a fixer for a gambling ring? i got to know why she and that boy Dan Gilbert are lying. Right there. Aren't you forgetting something? Where did you Savage? Uh, you got a point there. Judd, you spent part of the night looking into Lawton's background. Did you find anything that'll help me? Yeah. He was quite a hot shot when he... Mediocre jobs, got married, had a kid, a boy, about 15 years old now, goes to Martinvale Military Academy. Well, then the woman that we're going to see isn't the mother of Lawton's boy. No, no. She's supposed to be a young chick. I see. A kid, Lawton's son. He's the one I really feel sorry for. Yes, I know. He idolized his old man. Uh, Marty, when you were in with Savage, Levis was going over some personal effects that were removed from Lawton's pocket. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the things was a letter from his kid. It'll be printed in our morning edition. I didn't like it, Marty. You didn't like it? Why? I didn't want to print it, but the city desk insisted. It was like putting the heart of a 15-year-old kid on public view. Why, Jeff? What did it say? Uh, ear pop and a lot of stuff about school. And then the kid wrote something about the basketball scandals and investigations. He said if he ever amounted to anything as a player... He'd play the game straight. 
the way his father did. I'm glad I won't have to be there when he learns the truth. Yeah. So that's why Lawton didn't go to the police, even though he knew he was going to be murdered. What are you driving at, Marty? He was tired, Judd. Just as I said, he was tired of cheating and running. He didn't want to live to face the disgrace that was catching up with him. Or to face his kid, I guess. And somebody knew that he was going to tell Savage the truth. And they knew the only way they could stop him would be to kill him. And make Savage the pigeon. And destroy the value of his word at the same time, so that even if he knew anything, nobody would believe him. But, Marty, who did it? Well, there are two people who can tell us that. Dan Gilbert and Mrs. Lawton. If they didn't know, they wouldn't be lying Jeff Savage into a death sentence. To be brief and indelicate, yes, Mrs. Lawton. I'm heartbroken. Jeff Savage has described this living room perfectly, and he described you. And how could he do that if he'd never been here, if he'd never seen you before? You ever read the Ideal Home magazine, Miss Bryant? What's that got to do with anything? Nothing. Except that a recent issue carried complete photographs of this house, inside and out. And I appeared in several of those photographs. It doesn't seem to make you very happy, Miss Bryant. Mrs. Lawton, you didn't know that your husband was fixing basketball games? Sports bore me. You mean to say you don't know anything about where his money came from? As long as I had enough of it, I didn't care. You don't even seem to care about your husband being dead. Does that constitute a crime? Now, look, I've been as patient and as pleasant as I intend to be. I don't have to mourn Frank Lawton. I was never in love with him, and he knew it. He got a young wife in exchange for what he could give her. That was the bargain. He's dead and the bargain is over. And so is this little interview. Come on, Marty. The air will be fresher outside. Uh, oh, Mrs. Lawton, one thing I forgot. Uh, do you know a Dan Gilbert? No. Well, that's good. Because people you don't know can never incriminate you in anything. What do you mean by that? The police aren't quite sure that Jeff Savage is lying. They're sort of checking up on Dan Gilbert, that's all. Come on, Jeff. Right. Marty, what was the idea of that? You know the police don't suspect Gilbert. I know it, but she doesn't. I wanted to make her nervous. A nervous opponent is always vulnerable. If you can force her into the open. Well, I'll need your help. And the help of Lieutenant Levis. I want to know all about Mrs. Lawton, Judd. All about her and Dan Gilbert. From the very day they were born. Hi, Miss Bryant. Hmm? Oh, hello, Lieutenant. I almost fell asleep. <laughs> I got a few things that may wake you up. Just like what? Well, reports on Dan Gilbert. Comes from a poor family, live in Arizona, hasn't even written to him in the last four or five years. Oh? What's this? Here, this about bank deposits. He's got accounts all over town. A couple of hundred in each bank, but with 14 bank accounts, it adds up to a handy sum. Uh-huh. When did he start making these deposits? Right after the start of the basketball season. Oh. Has he been working any place in his spare time? Yeah, not lately. But he had been working in a sign shop to pay his way through school, up until the time these bank deposits started. Then he quit. Well, I hope you see what that means, Lieutenant. It could mean he was in on those fixed games. 
But that won't prove murder. There's still that knife. But I got a hunch that might pay off on it. What sort of hunch? Sign shops is like the one Gilbert worked in. Sometimes do work in wood. Letters that are carved in. I'm kind of curious to see how Gilbert carved the letters J and S, if he ever did. And if he did, you could compare his letters with the ones on that knife. I get a man checking right now. The knife is common enough. Sold in any sports store. Anybody could have bought it. Mm-hmm. Hey, what are you doing with my girl? All alone in here, Ed. Just letting her convince me that Jeff Savage may not be as guilty as he seems to be. Maybe I can help that along, too. Why, what'd you get, Jeff? Check the hollow records. Mrs. Wanda Lawton, nay Wanda Brent, is a sister of Harvey Brent. The bookmaker? That's right, Ed. Oh, and she's the little girl who didn't know anything about sports or gambling. <laughs> you found a sign you're going to love, Miss Bryant. And the letters in it were carved by Dan Gilbert. It was made for Dr. J.S. Simmons. And my man says the J and S look like the ones on the knife. You're going to be able to crack this, Ed? I don't know. It's all circumstantial unless we can hook it together. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I know a way that that can be done. How? Well, it's up to you, Judd. I'm going to ask you to risk your job. My job? Yeah. Because I want you to print a story before it happens. And I want you to do it knowing that it might not happen. Marty, that's a little unethical. I know it is, Judd, but it may save a man's life. Because Jeff Savage can still be convicted unless another arrest is made. All right, Marty. What do you want? Well, I'll write it out for you. Oh, what time does the next edition hit the streets? Uh, about six o'clock tonight. Well, is there a newsstand near here? Yeah, right at the entrance. Oh, wonderful. At 5.30, Lieutenant, I'd like you to phone Dan Gilbert and Mrs. Lawton. Ask them to drop by here. Just a routine identification thing. Now, they're both smart enough to be avoiding each other, so they'll come separately. And by the time they get here, I want the newsboy with the loudest voice in town right downstairs. Screaming the headline, Judd will write. Dave Street, Clay Lawton murder case. One confesses, accomplice thought. I came in and gave myself up voluntarily. Remember that. Because I heard that newspaper boy, and I saw the story before I walked in here, and I could have gotten away. Remember that. We'll remember it, Mrs. Lawton. Maybe Gilbert thought he was going to save himself with a confession and pin it all on me. I had nothing to do with the killing. But you knew about it. Well, sure I knew about it. But I wasn't there when it happened. Can you prove where you were? You bet I can. Through your client, Jeff Savage. He's my alibi. He was at the house like he said. Now, I'm not lying now. If Gilbert's going to the electric chair, I'm not going to be sitting in his lap. He used that knife all by his lonesome. You know the one who plans the killing is just as guilty as the one who actually commits the murder. I didn't plan it. Maybe Gilbert doesn't agree with that. I don't care what he said. I'm saving me. Harvey Brent, my, my brother, he's behind all this. He was... Well, it was even his idea for me to marry Frank in the beginning so we could use him as a fixer. You get that, Lieutenant? Yeah, yeah, I got it. And so did the dictograph. Hello? Let me through the radio division. Hello, Lieutenant Levis. Put out a general pickup for Harvey Brent. I'll have your statement typed. You can sign it later, Mrs. Lawton. You bet I'll sign it. You can go out that door. The police matron's waiting. There's just one thing I wish I could see. I'd like to see Gilbert's face when he hears my side of the story. I'd like to see her face when she finds out we haven't heard Gilbert's side of the story. Yes. <laughs> I think we'll hear it soon, Miss Bryant. You uh, set a mighty neat trap. I don't know, Lieutenant. Gilbert should have been here by now. Ed. Ed, quick. I just drove up and saw Gilbert at the corner. He took one look at that headline. Oh, 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 oh. Take it easy, Joe. Huh? I got the whole area staked out. He won't get two blocks. Mrs. Lawton just went out, Joe. 
We've got a full confession. Oh, that's swell, Marty. Lieutenant, will you arrange a release order for Jeff Savage? You bet. Now that your job is done, young lady, home you go. My job isn't done, Judge. Not yet. What? I've got one plea to make. To what might be a very tough jury. What jury and where? It's the Martinville Military Academy. Fifteen-year-old boy. Frank Lawton, Jr. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear anything about my father ever again. Not even the truth? I know the truth. He lied to me. All my life he told me to play fair and be honest. And and all the time... All the time he believed exactly what he told you. You expect me to believe that? Yes, Frank, I do. Because I can prove it to you. What your father did hurt him more than you'll ever know. And he was going to stop it. He was going to tell Jeff Savage about the whole rotten business. Even though he knew he was going to be murdered. He was going to tell because he knew he was caught, that's why. No, that isn't why. Because he wasn't caught, Frank. Your father was sick and tired of it. And you helped with that. The last thing he thought of must have been you. Because your last letter to him was in his pocket. The letter telling him how proud you were of him. And that shamed him more than anything else in the world. But but he took money. Yes, he did. He took money. But how much do you want a man to pay, Frank? Your father died an honest man. To be honest, all the time, even when there's nothing to fear, that takes a great deal of courage, doesn't it? But to be dishonest, and then to tell the truth, for a chance to clear the books, that requires even more courage. (laughs) He did it for you, Frank. That was the only way your father had left to show you that he loved you. And that he wanted you to be all the things that he failed to be. (laughs) The funeral is tomorrow, Frank, and the headmaster tells me that you don't want to go. Uh, I do want to go. I want to go. All right. You better get some clothes together, then. I have a friend outside, and we'll drive it back with us. I'll wait. How was it, Marty? Tough case, Judd. But we won. No, I guess. The defense rests. Just heard Defense Attorney starring Mercedes McCambridge with Howard Culver as Judd. Defense Attorney was written by Joel Murcott. The program is directed by Dwight Hauser. Next week, another exciting adventure with Mercedes McCambridge, defense attorney. Be sure to stay tuned to ABC for the... McCambridge has been chosen to address the first annual convention of legal secretaries in Long Beach, July the 19th. She was chosen for her fine portrayal as defense attorney and her keen interest in the legal profession. This program came to you transcribed from Hollywood. This is the American Broadcasting Company.
Welcome back. Well, a nice scene I thought really well done by McCambridge in uh, trying to really make the case uh, to the son and put uh, his father's life into perspective. I thought that was a, just a, really a nice piece of acting and a good bit of uh, writing there explaining that. Uh, this story, like a lot of radio programs, uh, you, you'll find quite a few that dealt with, in one way or another, the idea of point shaving uh, in basketball. And this really does go back to a scandal that came to light in 1951, when Manhattan College Center Junius Kellogg was offered $1,000 to shave points. He refused and reported the incident, and uh, this was investigated by the district attorney, and there was found to be a lot of players uh, shaving points, but the focal point where it was most prevalent was at City College of New York. So this was a big scandal, and you'll see it in a lot of different entertainment media. There was a movie made about that time called The Basketball Fix, which has entered the public domain. There was a, an episode of Suspense. In addition to that, there was a TV episode of Decoy. And that's just what I've been able to personally track down. This was a big deal, and it did figure in a lot of media of the 1950s because of that scandal. Well, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. I want to thank Joan. Joan has been one of our Patreon supporters since January... 2017, currently supporting us at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Joan. And that will do it for now. Join us back here tomorrow for The Man Called X. And then next Tuesday, we will be bringing you the airmail mystery. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.